0: Albert Einstein once said that all religions, arts and sciences are branches of the same tree. As today's technology and global risks race ahead of our understanding and stretch the boundaries of humanity, we face unprecedented ethical conundrums. I believe that reaching beyond the sciences and religion to that third branch, the arts, offers essential insight into these challenges. I call ethical decision-making on the borders of humanity ethics on the edge. We all teeter on the edge. How do we define a life well lived in a partly virtual world? Where do we look for moral guidelines and truth when curated selves befriend each other through algorithms? How do we make conscionable decisions in the uncharted territory of civilian space travel, designer genetics and artificial intelligence? And what about the problems that are still on the ethical edge but shouldn't be? such as inequality or racism. Please join me in conversation with some of the world's leading artists and arts world pioneers as we explore some of today's most challenging ethical questions through the lens of the visual and performing arts, architecture, and literature. Jingqing, thank you so much for having me. It oh. is really an honor to be here, and it's a particular treat to be in your dance studio in Shanghai.
1: It's a pleasure my be mine. Pleasure's
0: mine. Uh, I'm wondering if we can start um, with just uh, an overview of your incredible journey, because many mm. watching this won't necessarily understand the context for your story, yeah. even if they've read about it. And in particular, can you talk about the beginning of your passion for dance, and how, as such a young child, mm. you had such commitment and talent to end up with one of the most coveted spots in the People's Liberation Army uh, <laughs> dance troupe. It was extraordinary.
1: <laughs> okay, start with very young age. I don't know, I think at young age, I have no idea about a dance or different performance form, music and the traditional theater, everything. I always fascinated about the stage. The stage i often tell people i said i choose to be standing on stage but the dance choose me i become a dancer so i always fascinated to see the stage and all the curtains going open and all the lights on you whatever you're singing dancing crying whatever do something on stage and people the concentration does make me feel very good and important and feel very well i like the tension i think for the young kids i didn't know that then dancing come up, choose me to become a dancer. That time, I have no idea. if that time maybe picking opera or music choose me. Maybe I become opera singer or musicians. I don't know, but dance come up. So I become a dancer.
0: And where did the self-confidence come from so young to pursue the opportunity to join the military dance troupe and then just to continue on after that? That takes an extraordinary amount of self-confidence. Uh, that time, I think... If you're talking about today, we'll use very popular words, everybody
1: chasing their dreams. OK. At that time, I said, OK, I want to be on stage. i very clear I want to be. But I did not behind get on the stage, how much a sacrifice you have to, you know, to give. I have no idea. Then I was very determined to talk to my parents. I said, that's what I want. Of course, my parents gave me very hard deal. Uh-huh. Nine years old, I wrote two letters. One letter to my parents. It's completely my personal choices. Um, Even I'm regretted one day, I'm not blaming on my parents. So
0: they have no responsibility.
1: (laughs) Exactly, my mother write down to this. And one letter I write down to the military dance company. I said, take me. If you don't take me, you will regret it. Wow. I don't know I just say that. Of course, then my mom said, okay, go ahead. Actually, after three years in the military dance training, I was regretted. I was, oh, such a hard life. I said, I want to give up. That time I was only 12, 13 years old. I come back home and talked to my mom. I said, can I come back? I want to go back to school. My mom said, no. You make your choices, you stick to it. If you're like this, you will make, make anything in your life. It's too easy. Make choices. If too hard, give up. No, stick to it. This life, you belong to stage and dance. Then it's OK. Then I come back. So she was right. I think she was the first, uh, my role model still is, she's really, you know, clear if you stick with your decision and take responsibilities.
0: So we'll get into in a minute some of the more um, ethical decisions that individuals have to make today and that society has to make today. But in particular, young people, really, they're so used to, you know, the apps, the instant gratification, the instant photographs, etc. Do you think that there's a difference today in the ethos of young people in terms of their willingness to make a commitment and continue working through the hard times? I think that this modern time, these young kids, because they have too much
1: overloading, the information floating around, and they have so many choices. Sometimes I have too many choices, but they have no choice. Mm-hmm. Because they say, I can do this, I can do this. Everything is an opportunity, but you don't see which opportunity fits to you. That's unclearness for the young people. They are very active. They are very, that every minute, every second they are brainstorming, they, can, they could be somebody. But they, they forget. If you choose one, stick to it, work on it. That's the young people that missing today. So easy to switch, like the, on the fingertips. And that's why I think that's a give and take opportunities. So that's, a, I think, the whole world, particularly, I can I see the Chinese kids, everybody. How I can put this word, you can have a dream, but don't become a dreamer. Right. I have a full of dream fantasy, but I'm working on chasing my dream, but I'm not that kind of daydreamer. Oh my God, I do this, that's no, never happened like that. So that's a big difference.
0: So even as a teenager, uh, I read that you managed to get yourself to New York with a scholarship. (laughs) And so tell me a little bit about the different places that you've lived and what you learned from that Generally, and in terms of ethos, in terms of the cultures, what struck yeah. you most in these different areas?
1: Actually, before the 17s, I have no idea my life can get contact with the Western world. I was military educated, military dancing. Your job, all your life, even you are 12, 13 years old, the government already planning for your life until you're 50 years old. You can see, okay, that's my role. I go there if I don't make any mistake. So always my fantasy, one day I want to speak Fluent English, and dancing all over the world with my have my own dance company, and maybe outside of China one day. That's all a fantasy. It's a 15 years old the military dancer sitting in the military compound, looking for the sky, counting the stars. Then, it's, oh my god, it will be happen. Okay. Even never happened, still beautiful dream and fantasy, maybe next life I could have.
0: And to be clear, military was really military. It was not just dance, it was no. weapons, it was military no. training.
1: Nine years old, I have a military uniform. I start receiving military salary. My job is a dancer, training as a dancer, but all the discipline, everything is military. Even once a year, I have to go to real military, get to receive two months training. That's for 10 years old, I know how to use all the machine guns. I know how to put the bomb under the bridge. You are training as a soldier because your job is when kind the of war starts. You go to
0: France cheering up the soldier fighting for the country and you join the world. So New York and Europe and these other places in your own dance, t- uh, your own dance troupe seemed a bit far off. That's completely fantastic, Never think about it. Then one day after when I
1: was 17, I received the national dance competition was the best male dancer of the country. Then I got, I saw the one advertising. The first Modern dance research class will be established in the Guangdong Modern Dance Guangdong Dance Academy. All the training by the American teacher and the one one person from this class, chosen by the America, get the scholarship, go to New York to study. Then I looked at, I said, that person is me.
0: So again, the self confidence. Yeah. Um, and I want to come back to that because it's a combination of self confidence and courage. Mm. Um, and just before we do get to some of the more um, broader ethical issues of society, yeah. you decided that who you really are yeah. was a woman. Yeah. Very difficult time to do that in China. Very, very. How did you get this sense of, I know who I am?
1: Well, I always thinking I'm the happy child. Even I've been through so difficult journey, but uh, my character always uh, facing the passive side of life. Just like a. Day and night, you can see the dark side, you can see the bright side, but which side you feel better, or you will find a way. When I was six years old, I very clearly, I said, okay, I should be like my older sister. But I know, I born as a boy. Then I said, okay, maybe that means something to me, but I don't know. Maybe I'm not completely agree with that, but, I'm, but I have to take it. So that's i I start fantasy. Maybe one day I become a pretty woman I want, I have my own family. I love fantasizing. I love fairy tales.
0: But you make your fairy tales come true. Yeah. There's a lot of grit and a lot of hard work between your first understanding that you have a dream or a fantasy, as yeah. you put it, and actually realizing it. Yeah, realizing it. Then I,
1: somehow I tell the young people, I said, I keep fantasizing. Even I'm not this year, I'm 50 years old, I'm still fantasizing. I keep sending the message to the air, to the sky. Then after that, I work on it, concentrating to what I'm doing, seriously take my job. So after everything, then become a teenager, that time I kind of self-adult. I said about my sexuality. Am I woman? No, you're still man. Are you a category of a homosexual? I said, well, I don't know. Then I was doubting, I said, okay, drop out doubting. Concentrate on your job as a dancer. That time I very clear, in China, homosexual, transgender, my god, don't even think about it. Only thing you can do is uh, do your best in this dance field, in the art field. You'll be the top of that. Then people maybe pay attention to your art- artistic achievement. Let's carry your pers- personal life. I was uh, wrong. <laughs> I was thinking that, but it's was right. completely wrong. It was wrong. <laughs> then, okay, then I put all my attention to my dancing training. I become top of the China. Then, okay, I got a chance. Get the scholarship and went to New York. After went to New York, I said, okay, let's discover the world I was fantasizing discover the new world, and reconstruct myself, who I am. And from 19 years old until 28, take me nine years old, nine years, take me nine years every day thinking myself, who I am. Of course, I'm not just wondering, but at the same time I'm working hard, discover the world, North America, Europe, and everything. Then I said, okay, then at the end of the day, I find myself, get back myself.
0: And when you made the decision, um, to have the surgery, and you come out as a ballerina, yeah. and you were very well accepted. It's extraordinary. I mean, uh, from from what I read, at the end of the day, it took people all of five minutes because you have so much talent, and you have so much conviction about who you are.
1: That time, I think people appreciate your artistic talent, and same time with your decision, personal decision, they're hard to make any comment. They just quiet. I think the quiet already gave me a confidence. They are waiting for I proof I proved I was right. So I think that, that time I give the society the time to be quiet, be silent. Then of course I I didn't go back to Europe. So actually if I go back to Europe maybe my life much easier. I stick in China and build up the first modern dance company in Beijing and developing modern dance scene. And later by later more and more people appreciate okay, she's she's still the Jin Right. What I, we, we Everybody expecting for. So I think now more and more become people appreciate it. Yeah, and people still like me and love me,
0: whatever. So it isn't just that you knew who you were and you became who you always knew you were, it's that the public recognized you as who you really were. And the reason I'm asking the question is that. There's a lot of discussion these days about authenticity. Yeah. And we see it everywhere from Harvard Business Review saying, mm-hmm. how do you become the authentic CEO mm-hmm. to uh, more spiritual kinds of writings and then just in mainstream television, especially in uh, in the West. Mm. And this idea of authenticity is something that you just embody. You just are who you are. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that word resonates with you. And I'm wondering if it's something that for you, you describe it as, as work, you work toward authenticity. Yeah. Um, but now at this stage of your life, is it just natural for you? Or mm. is it something that you're still working out to continue to find out who you really are?
1: I think the environment is not natural for me. Okay. But who I am is natural. The idea, the attitude turning to life, the energy, very authentic, very ginging. And just like with five years ago, I published one book that the, the, the title said, I don't want to change the world, but I don't want the world change me either. We make a deal. Okay. We cope together. So that's a, my idea. So I think the time will be explain everything. I think if people couldn't get the what, what, I think it's okay, no problem. I think people understand me, appreciate it. I, I also deeply appreciate it from my heart. If you don't get it, don't understand, I think don't worry, next life, no problem. That kind of attitude I'm continuing to carry on. I become a more and more people, the attentions,
0: and it's okay, start to get and change the ideas. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing from you incredible courage, but also non-judgment. And I'm wondering what other principles are important to you in terms of how you guide your life, your decision-making, how you try to educate your children. What are what I would call the North Star, the, the guiding principles that are most important to you?
1: Yeah, actually people know me better actually, maybe my artistic vision, turning to the world very modern, very open, very free. And according to the family education, we have the freedom, but also I have a highly value, the traditional value, moralities, and respect for the elders. This kind of traditional Chinese culture is still strongly in me. And with my kids, I think education, IQ, EQ, whatever, both need to develop. But most people say develop your own vision and personality. If I'm the person asking so much freedom for myself, same time I give my kids a freedom, the choice. And
0: also make a response, take a responsibilities. So how would you describe traditional Chinese moral values um, in addition to respect for elders? What else is at the core of traditional Chinese values? Because according to Chinese
1: culture, I think I learned learn the, like in the Western, whatever young people, whatever in the, in the business, in the school, whatever, for the, they are open the platform for the young people, no age different, you, you have to show your opinion. But in China is different. If you have strong opinions, you have to know who's the oldest, who's the people before you. You give a certain respect, then you show your opinions. It's not like, okay, no. It's, a young generation. it's almost
0: gone the other extreme in the West, especially in Silicon Valley, in places where there's technology, yeah. where there's this adulation of young people. Yeah. It's almost like you have to be 25 yeah. in order to be respected. Yeah. Um, are there particular figures in Chinese history that you admire most for their ethical fortitude, for their ethical stance?
1: Uh... I don't know. I didn't particularly facing a lot of role models, but I think really, just like I said before, my real mo- role model is for me is the big influence is my mother. Your mother, yeah, the strong woman. behind. I often joking with my friend. I said, if you don't know me, you look at my mother. You know what, where I'm come from, <laughs> determination, the you know the the hardworking ideas, everything. Then I said, okay, then I have a lot for me. I. Choose my life from the bottom again. Then I said, "You have a right, also you have no choice to looking people. Everybody in the equal position. You want asking for the equal respect, but you have to give the same thing. That's a gave me ideas. I treat people looking every, even I'm now where I become a celebrity, big celebrity, China big star, whatever. But for me, my heart always the same." And I know, like you, within my studio, whatever how famous I am, I know the dancing, dance is most authentic tool or whatever, my energy from life. I never give up this. I can give up more TV shows, I give up this, give up this. Not my dance. Not, dance, not my dance, not my stage. I also say this to young people I the stage never fire, bend nobody, only you give up yourself. So that's why even I'm, I don't dance that much I'm still on stage dancing sometimes, but I still keep me as an actress, theater play, still get on stage.
0: Well, I love what you're saying about people being all people. And I've read a lot about your um, refusal to give in to labels and in particular LGBT. Yes. And that really resonated with me because one of the things in my work on ethics is I try very hard to get people not to use the I use the word categories. Yes, yes, yes. Because when you put people in categories most of the time especially with ethics you oversimplify um, and you don't give people a chance to really understand, to explain really who they are, their Absolutely. perspective. And so I really appreciated that. Can you talk a little bit about the, how you, I mean, I, how you really sort of enforce in your own life this refusal to give in to labels?
1: Yeah, because in Chinese culture, like LGBT, the group, everything, different sexuality, different behaviors. In our old culture, in history, we're always there, we have that, it's nothing new for China. But Chinese culture is everything we don't, categorize and labelize, just let it be, naturally. That's the certain freedom to make your own choices and make people understanding to you know, different peoples. But now the modern society, especially times open up, and we got a lot of Western ideas, like you said, categorize and also labelize. You belong to a certain groups, certain groups, certain groups, then you have to behave like this. I said, no. I said, why don't leave people open? That's why myself. People say, why don't you do much more? You should do much more work for the homosexuals you know, group. And the, I said, no. I said, I just be myself. I'm hardworking. Standing there already mean a lot. That's I don't need to labelize myself. So
0: that's the interesting other side of the label, which is that people start to hold you responsible. For being part of what they consider a labeled group yes you know why aren't you doing more of this why aren't you doing more of exactly. that? exactly
1: uh, then they said, don't block me I have my freedom to be myself you don't need to put me in a certain area just I, I only I'm speaking for this area I said no that's why even for me I am very fortunate I said it because I have a male 28 years male experience and not become a woman then I take it as a gift perspective said, exactly And then I said you have the most respected opinion in this modern society don't stand on the gender side to give judgment, judgment, from male point of view or female point of view, no. Standing from the human being point of view to say something that's most powerful and authentic.
0: And how can the arts more generally, I mean, for you it's dance, it's also other kinds of stage presence and your television shows, yes. and we'll talk about more of those in a minute. But how do the arts help anchor us to humanity? We are so technologically driven. Certainly, China is a major leader in technology, yeah. mm-hmm. um, as is the U.S., uh, but we seem to be losing touch with our humanity. How do you see the role of the arts today in anchoring us in our humanity and in anchoring us in the importance of ethical decision-making?
1: I think that the art, especially performing art, I think the last space, the territory for human beings still realize that. How, no matter how the modern technology developed, don't forget that you're still a human being. How the human beings understand each other through the art form listen to the music share the stage dancing theater then you're sitting there you're thinking how life changing developing it even we out of the theater we have a full of modern technology how the convenience to the modern life but don't forget at the end of the day everything to serve the people but who serve the people most ourselves our mentality our heart still belong to each other now we are depending on the technologies technologies only make life is a convenience but not take life away I think that's a completely wrong idea that's why I think why the art from so important some people get the idea from the fine art whatever but I think this is the last territory people should be respect looking at that's I'm in China I'm a highly even I can tell you the truth people may be laughing at me I never do the internet shopping well, I don't do internet shopping either. I know China is so sure. popular, but I'm the one I'm not against, but it's not my thing. Right. When I, I go shopping, I need to go to the supermarket. I need to go to shop to buy clothes. I need to see the shoes, friends. i kind of buying things to my fingertips. I said, no, that's completely ultimate. Maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think people say, oh, so inconvenient. I think that's the attitude turning to life. You take the effort right. to get what you want. That's a beauty part of life. Everything on the fingertips, then you get things, okay, you're not it
0: anymore. Well, And uh, you think about the choices you're making as opposed to click first and then just have it sort of show up. Yeah. But certainly in your art, when you're resonating with an audience, um, whether it's through dance or whether it's on your TV show, Um, And the one I was watching in my Chinese wasn't good enough to keep up with all of it, but with some of it. And you see people laughing. It's really human to human. Yes. Uh, And there's kind of a symbolic message when we go into a dance concert and we're told, turn your cell phones off. So I think that's also a very interesting way to say, now we're going to reconnect as human beings or we're going to interpret something for you. Um, Are there other artists today, whether Chinese or international, who you feel really have um, taken a, a voice and really tried to hold up their art as a way to convey messages about some of the things going on in society today?
1: I think so many, many artists of different art forms. Some writers, some fine art painters and musicians doing every their own way to get the connected and try to tell people who the real world is. But for me, that's why I think... Uh, the Young people, they are so much technology you know, orientated but somehow they lost the real human eye-to-eye contact, how to orally communication, and this can kind of get a little bit of pity. But, but that's why I come to theater. I said, "Can you give yourself some time? Let your mind be free." That's why I said, "Take my dance back with your ear, with your eyes, not with your mobile phone." Right. I think doesn't mean anything. If you see one dancing, one movement touch your heart, that's I was dancing for 30 years. It's not just capture, it's, it's not like a tourism spot, it's a theater. Now remember you
0: know, the moment when we saw Jin Sing do a particular thing. Exactly. Or, no. Then for the
1: talk show, when I talk to the people, people, I think that's why I feel really deeply appreciated. No matter how the modern technology developed, people still want to hear the human voice of the real voice real thinking. And they do
0: want to see your guests come out and talk about their real lives. Exactly, and all the celebrity I'm interviewing,
1: before all the talks, sh- interview, they have some, okay, you know, whatever, you are, previous in the discussion, come to my talks, all the stars, we just sitting there, start right away. Right. Then it's, oh my, this is so authentic, so true. That's, I think that's why people like my shows. Then I also, I get the energy from the audience, from the eye to eye, I feel that we real communications.
0: And actually the physical space, at least from what I was able, able to see in watching the shows, the physical space is quite small. Yeah. So your audience is actually quite close to you. Yes. And I would imagine could see your facial expressions, exactly. could see your guest facial expressions. All the details,
1: yes. Yeah. So
0: yeah. it's um, it's really an experience for them. It must be quite difficult to get tickets.
1: And this is very lively because according to the broadcasting time, for example, we're broadcasting for 30 minutes, but I need I need an interview for one hour, 20 minutes for the materials. Mm-hmm. But so much interesting conversation, hilarious, everything. And those are sens- Issues I cannot broadcasting, But still, that's real life. That's why one day, if you ask me my dream, my target, or whatever, I said, if one day in China I can open the talk show on live on Saturday, not a pre recording, that'd be big hit in China.
0: Oh, that would be fantastic. I know,
1: I'm looking for that one day if it's ha- happening.
0: Yeah. Now, are you trying to make social commentary of any kind with your talk show, or are you trying to provide a forum for others to make social commentary, or is it more personal discussion, sort of you to another guest. I think the more powerful
1: things, everybody's standing your individual opinion angle to speak out. I don't want to put myself to become opinion leaders. No, and never mind. I always think I just want to be myself. If the naturally spread out the energy, the opinion, it's not my, you know, I want that like that, just naturally be there like this. That's why I think for me, just like it would be the authentic person is very important for me. Even my talk to keep very intimate between two people, that's enough. And then naturally the influence to the other peoples, that's a good thing, natural things. It's not my intention. to Sometimes I, I also joking on the media, I said, we all go to the university, go, go to school study, but who, who's real the educator for us? It's a life. It's life. It's experience. Life. Experience. That's the best education you can get. And even I this day I talk to my children, you can read a lot of books, but don't stick to the book and don't 100% believe in the book, even the book wrote, written by the people. So take a reference and think about it and make a judgment reference, that I think is very important for the... Think. Yeah, exactly, make you thinking. People think maybe you have a religion, you have a holding a different Bibles, but I think a book just give you a reference, just make you thinking, that's the most good
0: things. So speaking of experience, uh, what has been the most difficult ethical conundrum that you've had to face, either personally or professionally? Was there a moment in life where you just really struggled to come to what you thought was the right decision?
1: I always, when I make a decision, it's not like, like 100% clear, crystal clear. Yeah, that's it. No. Always I feel my heart feel right. And uh, you know, I'm a dancer. I'm very sensitive with my body, muscles, everything. When I go the direction, I feel good. But actually, in front, unclear, it's the right direction. But I feel my body as giving the good energy, then I go for it. I, I Interesting. Don't, yeah, so I don't almost calculate. It's like a physical response. Exactly, physical response. Then I don't calculate, oh, if I make these choices, what kind of result I got. I'm not that kind of calculative. Okay. I say, follow my heart. If this decision wrong and fail, failed, then I still say, okay, I take the experience. Why? I take the positive side. And next decision, I mean, much more, you know, beware, be clear. So follow your heart. This word is easy to say, but I think my physical tells me
0: a lot. Have you ever made a decision sort of from an ethical standpoint where you said afterwards, oh, wow, I really didn't do the right thing? That really isn't who I am. Can you give me an example? For example,
1: when by 2006, I established my own independent dance festival in Shanghai. And where's the financial support? No financial support. Then I put my my old house, or whatever, only my property in China, in Shanghai. Then I put in the banking for the market, get more money to set up the festival and setting up this house and then you get money. I'm not that kind of financial person. Actually, you're sitting in the house, the house is gone on time. Then you get completely trapped by this kind of thing. Then I said, oh, my God. Then I said, okay, next time I never t- touch the real estate market, I financially, I'm i not that kind of person. Right. Yeah. So you better work hard, performance more, earning you money. Then use this money to support in your art. That's my way. I, I, I learned that. I said, don't int- People think you're a big, big celebrity. No, you have a lot of uh, income. Maybe you invest this, invest it. I said, no, I don't invest anything. If you have, I invest my art. That's only, I learned that. So that was a decision that
0: reflects that you were putting, you were 100% putting everything into your art. So you may have regretted the decision, and I'm very sympathetic to not yeah. being financially savvy, mm. and not being savvy in the real estate market, because I'm not either. Mm. Um, but I love that the reason for the decision was to support your art.
1: Yeah, but that makes it it's a wrong, wrong. You can support your art, but the wrong way. Then I said, okay, how I can earn more money to support my art? You know, the purely performing art is hard to you know, survive in the country. Then I said, okay, let's enter the TV, another performance.
0: Another stage.
1: Another stage for me, become a judge, become a talk show host, whatever. Then I can, okay, through my work, through my performance, I earn the money supporting my dance performance, stage performance. Mm-hmm. if that worked well. Then it's okay. Then I also tell the young people, a lot of young dancers, oh my god, I should be a dancer. One day I become a jinjin like a celebrity. I should no, that's different. Don't get the wrong idea.
0: We are definitely in a celebrity-focused culture. Yeah. And there's a very big difference between saying, I want to be a great painter, or a great dancer, or a great financier for that matter, Mm. and saying, I want to be a celebrity. There's a lot of emphasis on being famous. Is that true in China as well? China, in
1: a horrible period of time, have become a star factory.
0: Star factory, I love that term.
1: They're selling the idea for young people. You want to be famous, rich, become a star, quickly become a star. They don't tell people how you you know working and study become natural. No. And that's why I always tell people, in my eyes, who's real actress? Who's star? Who's a celebrities? There's completely different categories.
0: You can be a star, but I don't deserve any respect you become a celebrity m- working on your life. Do you use this term in China, famous for being famous? Yeah, yeah. You know, this idea that people are getting famous just because they have however many hits in their Instagram account yeah. or however many likes in their Facebook account, yes. and people who are doing absolutely nothing, who have absolutely no talent and who are making no contribution whatsoever to society. We have so many like that. Mm. That's
1: what gives a lot of young people wrong idea. Mm. They also say that she cannot sing, she's not that kind of gorgeous, but right. she's still the top. Why? Mm. Why famous people are famous, and all behind is all kind of financial deals, everything. You know, and I said, okay. Then I said, I respect people find their own way to survive. Mm -hmm. Fine, but don't touch me. But you ask me opinion, I don't commit. it. You are the artist. Right. You are not deserve that, but you get that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's your lucky point. For me, then I, I have a certain clear category.
0: Okay. I'd like to ask you about something that is rampant in the U.S. and certainly in the news in the U.S. and the U.K. now, which is sexual harassment. Mm. So you probably saw a Harvey Weinstein story, yes, of course, yes. you know, and all of the sort of entertainment industry yeah. stories about sexual harassment. Um, it's everywhere. It's not just in the entertainment industry. And we're seeing it now in politics. There's discussion in Washington. There's discussion yeah. in London around the MPs. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm wondering, is that a big issue in China, uh, culturally, in in organizations, whether it's in entertainment or or in corporations, is that a big issue?
1: Everywhere in the world. Just don't bring up, some media, profuse media, don't broadcasting it, you know, the, all the power games. No matter America, China, everywhere. If you have a human being, you have this, this sexual harassment between the male to female, or female to male, everywhere. Just people, how they're dealing with it then. What the people attitude are turning to it.
0: So what's the difference in the attitude in China towards sexual harassment and the attitude that you see in the West?
1: I think the women still get a lot of pressures because of the media and everything still. That's why this reason I'm, now I'm playing this drama by this August Strindberg, mm-hmm. the father. So much male domi- dom- domestic, you know, dominated society. I think China still like that. Of course, Chinese women become stronger. We're often talking about the equality, you know.
0: And there are a lot of very impressive Chinese women in business leadership, in the arts leadership. Yeah. Uh, women have a very impressive international profile. But you're quite right also to point out that sexual harassment is also sometimes against men. Uh, yeah. And we have a terrible record in the U.S. military, for example, yeah. of sexual assault. And the statistics are terrible for men and the statistics are terrible, you know, women vi- men victims and women of victims. Co- of course, we have like a, the, the,
1: the, on the news. There are some female politicians already take away from the position. When they are on the position, they have sexual, They have maybe 15, 20 male lovers. Maybe the, the harassment stays there. I was shocked. I said, oh my god, this female politician is worse than the male. that happens. She it's power. Yeah, it's a power game. And you have power of your position. Then if you, you know, you're shooting me, you putting me to the public media, so I use my power to de- deny it and dismiss it. Everything, that's a power game. I think especially for financial side, especially for the show business. You cannot deny this. Everywhere, how do you deal with it? I think the end of the day comes the personal decision choices. How do you facing it? You commit, it, you take it, or you disagree? I think that completely personal choices. Yeah.
0: And just to switch gears a little bit, I was watching a little bit of a rehearsal happening here, yeah. which is just wonderful. Um, how do you choose your dancers? It's such a privilege for them to be working with you. I'm sure they learn so much. I'm sure they're also put through the paces yes. and they understand what the word work means. Exactly. Uh, but how do you choose your dancers? Is it purely technical? Is it personality? Is, it, is there any component of, of character, of ethics?
1: I think the personality and idea of lo- dancing we so many dance forms there, so many modern dance companies there. Why do you want to come to Jinqing Dance Theatre dancing with me? That must be your multi-choices, you know, from both sides. I don't give a one-day audition. I give it like a two weeks. You just come to take class. You have the idea, I want to come. Now, I take two weeks. During the two weeks, then I, okay, choose. Then I will talk.
0: So is a dance audition, is there an interview also? Is there a, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. What dance kinds of interview. things do you ask them?
1: I said, okay. Why you, why, why you want to come to this company? What, what do you think of modern dance? And which style you your preference? And I looking for certain pieces, giving the opinion. Maybe very simple, that doesn't matter. But I want you all to have an opinion. I just, I don't want to have my company that just give me, work with me as a physical, tool or machine. No, I want you to have an idea. The idea is very
0: naive, very simple, but you have an idea. The idea can growing. So it comes back to what you were saying about your children, of you want people to think. Exactly. You want people to think for yeah. themselves. Um, that's a very difficult thing in a world where truth is under siege. And I'm wondering if we could talk for a moment about that. We have fake news. We have all sorts of reports of Russia meddling in European and US elections. Mm-hmm. We have all manner of distorted truth, uh, and it's spread on social media to hundreds of millions, if not more, instantaneously. Is truth a topic in China? Is fake news a topic in China? And, and what is your thinking about the importance of this? I
1: think that's a fake news, how you can manipulating it. mm. It's everything back to the power to manipulating people. What kind of thing you want, I want people know. I want people to say, it's a completely power game. And that's why I, I think I cannot deal with that big job giant power games, but I can f- at least educating my kids, influence my dancers, or my you know, employees. I said, think about it. If this thing is so easy, I think everything in this world, nothing, all, nothing sort of must be black and white, like you're facing an art piece. Don't think this is wrong or this is right. You can only say, I like this, I don't like this. That's why whatever news coming up, then say, oh my God, like the, give a second thought. Don't immediately give your opinions. Let the time help you observing and digest a little bit. Then you feel that and follow your heart. Maybe all people say this is wrong decision. Maybe you feel, so. maybe something I think a different way. That's also fine. I think that's thinking is most important. And don't rush, don't rush into yourself, into any other opinion. You don't even have a clue about it.
0: And that may very well be the best weapon against untruth, yeah. against fake news. Yes. Um, because if we just take everything instantaneously as true, or if we don't bother to sort of stop and think about, yeah. you know, what are the nuances here? Do I agree with it? Uh, I saw something yesterday that would disprove this. Yeah. You know, if we sort of abandon our responsibility to think, mm. we let weapons like fake truth.
1: Then also, you have to be a very rational, be a very logical thinker about the, all the newses. Maybe from a human being point of view, emotionally, you have a lot of sympathy for something, some victim. And for the from the logical law point of view, you need to clear why the happen like this. One can't start to make any claps, must be both sides make a clap. Then you think very clear, then you, you give your opinion clearly. Don't be just become so emotional. In this sense, I'm a very logical person. People say, in this moment, you are not like an artist, you are very logical. I say, yes, I'm very clear. That's why People like my talk show, I have a passion to share feelings. But I'm very clear with to the opinions. Maybe the opinions sometimes are hard to digest. But it's the truth,
0: yeah. We've talked a little bit about your talk show. Yes. We talk about your dating show. Mm. Um, so the dating show, one thing that was very fascinating from a Western perspective was to see parents invited. Yeah. And I've always thought that it would be very nice for my children to <laughs> invite my opinions on their dating yes. lives. Yes. Um, but. Can you talk about what your theory was about that dating show? And, and it, was, was the invitation to parents um, sort of a nod to Chinese traditional values? Um, and what else went into your thinking about how to do a dating show?
1: In the Western world, like America Europe, how does the, the, how the marriage mean to family? Maybe the young people, they have the complete freedom to individual choices and stick with their responsibilities. But in China, two young people can fall in love freely. They're like a love bird. But when they're talking about the marriage, suddenly family standing out. It's become a two-family issue. Even today, China developing, you know, open country after thirty years, everything economy grow. But the mentality of the marriage still much, much more as a family business. Okay. For example, young people, how you can ask young people when they get married? Buy apartment impossible, but that that a one wonderful deal. If you the boy you have no apartment, no house, don't even think about marriage. Okay. Who going to help you? Your parents. Two young people get the kids. Who going to help you to raise the kid? All the young people going to work. The parents. So that's why parents have the power and tool say to know the woman, the man you choose for your life. This you know two family getting together. That's why I produce This, this uh, China dating shows. A like people see that even today, the according to marriage, how the mentality changing it. Are we still in the old time? Or we are start to learn how to deal with new time, new era.
0: Or maybe there can be a good mix.
1: Of course. You know. yeah.
0: Because in, in America, when you see advertisements, for example, for match um, websites where you can sort of find your perfect match, yeah. even in the space of a 30-second television commercial, they go from... Finding the perfect match, and you see with the app, yeah. to marriage. Yeah. You instantaneously see people married. Here, imagine sort of dating apps and all of that kind of thing. Uh, if the families are going to get involved, as you say, they can do whatever they want with their apps. But at yeah. the end of the day, if the families are going to be involved... Um, I don't think
1: that that's still, I think that they can take it as a game. That's why for Chinese people, very important. I think for the Western world also, after dating several years, they have to bring the girl, see the parents. If the parents do that's very difficult. And I think that's a China dating show, so inviting. Also, a lot of you know, the Chinese reality shows, they, they just want the viewer to pay attention to it, a lot of a uh, set up, have a script writing it. Then uh, this shows, I want to be authentic. Maybe young people, they want to be, uh, look, have an appearance and be, cope with the script play. But when you're inviting real parents coming. It's, it's very interesting truth. to watch the real it's parents. Happening.
0: All different kinds of parents are fine. There's no right way to be a good parent. Um, People come from different perspectives. People come from different upbringing. And it's kind of a way of saying, you know, not, you know, different choices for different people. It's kind of mixing the modern and the traditional. And though some of the family, the parents are super well-educated. But
1: according to marriage, give most of the opinion that This, my goodness, I, I think, like some parents, you know, they're professor in the university and blah, blah, everything. Then ask, what kind of daughter-in-law are you looking for? They say, I don't want she, you know, smart, just pretty, okay, and have five babies if she's great. Oh, my goodness. I said, are oh, you just looking for the birth machine or should, whatever? Yeah. It's shocking sometimes. Yeah. It's
0: not something we say, what kind of age can you get? But one of the things that struck me on your dating show from Western eyes, but somebody who's trying to understand the Chinese. Yes. Was that the parents were acting um, and reacting from a very authentic place. And they were very different. And I actually interpreted as a platform to, to showcase yeah. that different types of parents are all good. Mm-hmm. That these are difficult decisions for everybody. Yeah. Um, but what is most, what most shocked you in doing that show in terms of reaction of parents or even reaction of the participants?
1: We often say that, oh, the, the, the parents know their children best. Oh, I have com- the young people, I have confidence, I, I know my father, I know my mother, no problem. I say, don't be so naive. Certain things you know, but according to marriage, no. That's why for the parents, discover, oh my God. My son or my daughter have such a taste about their future partner. And the kids have especially discovered parents had completely different opinion about marriage. That also have more, you know, better mutual understanding through this platform. They're also for me to shocking, just like I said. Come to the point of marriage. No matter your parents are well educated or not from the peasant, from the farmer, doesn't matter. The idea is so different. I remember one parent's father was a professor and mother was a successful businesswoman. They asked a daughter-in-law, only the condition is pretty, submissive, and have five babies in the future, and help husband running the business.
0: So subservient, submissive, and from two highly educated parents.
1: I said, really? My God. Then I was like, okay, that's what you're looking for. And I think, how many girls are waiting to take this condition?
0: So we really do see a mix on your platform yeah. of old and new and even some people for whom new is very good, being a businesswoman is very good, yeah. but I want my son to have the old fashioned wife.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. You mentioned earlier trust, uh, that people will go on your show and yeah. will be themselves, will yeah. be authentic because yeah. they trust you. Yeah. What do you think is happening to trust in society today? And do oh. you think that it has, um, to the extent that it's suffering, do you think it's suffering because? Basic principles that we talked about earlier of courage, of commitment, of integrity are failing.
1: We lost a lot of trust to between the peoples. The society is developing so fast and the, our, our moral system, you know, mora- morality system is going down so quick. For example, I often see the news when older people falling on the street. If young people help them get up and older people immediately shooting the young people, you make me fall down, you have to pay me back.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And that's why this in China, if some elderly people falling on the street, nobody touch it because they, they because they're too they afraid. It. And one of the court kids was when they're showing so the young people, you have to respond for the old people. Completely wrong. People to people to trust is really fit out. That's almost horrible things. And sometimes we don't trust advertising, we don't trust the product and everything. That's so, what, what do we do to rebuild trust?
0: What do we do to set ourselves back on the right path? Because that, that's a
1: downward spiral. That's, I think, as society developing should be slowed down a little bit. And looking back, what are we missing? S- sitting at the dinner table, all the people gathering on the restaurant, they still you know, we don't talk like this, some words are hard to spit out from the mouth, and the you know, fingertips talking to each other. How sad it is. Then I said, oh my God, can you trust people? If you don't trust people, how we can dealing with the people, we're we'll still be human beings. We are living in one universe, one you know, Earth. But this, if you don't have the basic trust to people, it's very sad, sad things. Yeah.
0: And is this trust going to be rebuilt through individuals stopping the fingertip communication, yeah. or is it going to be rebuilt through institutions of some sort, whether it's governmental institutions or schools or?
1: Yeah, both sides, both sides. And, and so for the also promotion and propaganda things, how to tell people the value, the man, person to person, meant to man to touch that the communication is much more important than just sending a message. I think this is very important to reestablish that and really build up that the people trust each other, trust the society. And society are counting on the people. It is you know, for the mutual side.
0: It's very scary because it means that it paralyzes people. Exactly, people don't do. People don't want to do anything. Exactly. If the society becomes such a disappear, so
1: you know, alert, and that's sad about the development.
0: Always on the defense.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the people looking each other. First, they don't think they now have that kind of curiosity to know the new people, stranger. They always protect. Defense. That's
0: a very important point about curiosity. It's uh, because we seem to have exchanged curiosity for fear, yeah. and fear is a very dangerous place. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how much there isn't a link between the fake news uh, and all of this fear that other things are fake that we can't trust. Uh, we certainly have seen with the fake news kind of the demise of expertise. And we'll say that you know climate change isn't real. Uh, we'll say that experts don't know what they're talking about. Uh, and so we, when you mention doctors, you know, we don't even trust doctors who are credentialed, yeah. who have experience. Everything we think the
1: missing trust and everything, as a fake news, everything. One thing is the, the, the how do you say, the, the trigger, because of money. Money. Everything's money driven. Money and power. Exactly. Everything's money and power driven. People make a fake news, a fake product, you know, that's a destroy the trust of the society. That's everything. Money is the most dangerous
0: thing. So just a couple more questions if I may. On this question of technology, whether it's used for online shopping, whether it's used at the dinner table, um, whether it's used to generate fake news, to what extent do you think that the big companies, and I don't just mean Chinese companies, but big companies have a responsibility to make sure that they do more to assure that their platforms are not misused? Whether it's for online bullying, mm-hmm. whether it's for fake news. Mm-hmm. Do you think the companies are standing up as much as they should? And do you think that we need to expect more from technology companies? Of course,
1: they should do much more. I think don't just develop and competing with how, the, how fast we develop in the technologies and how much responsible, same time you share with the society. Take the responsibilities. I think Chinese have one word, I don't know how to translate it in English, When you come out, something, one day you have to pay back. It's not easy. You think you develop things, but when you pay back to the individual family, maybe one day your grandchildren to get it by the missing responsibility for the society. Very much of sensitive issues for the, all over the world, and I think the young people have to learn. We take modern technology, that's the great part of the convenience, but you have to learn to keep everything a certain distance. Distance created beauty about it from the human beings' relationship. Human being with the technologies. Everything needs to keep the good distance. Yeah.
0: There are a lot of things about what you said that I think are very important and they all come back to the importance of looking at individuals as human beings. Yeah. One is if you're running a big technology company, think about when you see, you know, online sex trafficking, online bullying, all sorts of fraud, etc. Yeah. Um, think about what would happen if it was one of your employees or one of your family members who is a victim. So exactly. bring it back to the individual person. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I think I hear you saying is that as we use these technologies, we as individuals need to take responsibility. Yep. Above and beyond the law as individuals, yep. but also the companies, of course. Um, they're taking a lot, they're earning a lot of profit, yes. they're getting a lot of celebrity, yes. and the law is never going to catch up with the technology. And this is something that I've spoken a lot about. So they need to proactively step up and not say, oh, well, you know, it's not illegal.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think the institution and the system have to give a clear idea. We give you a space of developing it. But the same time the whole percentage you can develop, divide it, but you take this full responsibility, that the influence, the idea, the direction you're guiding to people, driven to people, follow the steps, everything to take responsibilities. And that's why it's for come back to your individual thinking as say, you are part of the society and you have to pay back the respect and respond for the society. I think that's the healthy circulation.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and, in, and to your comment about distance, it's so important and I think we all forget it. We forget it as parents, we forget it as educators. Yeah. But if you, I've often said to people, for example, in a university, if you can't do it in a room, face-to-face with someone, you yeah. can't do it online. Exactly. So about online bullying, but I think yeah. we, I think sometimes the distance really gives people the idea that they're somehow protected, that they can do this thing out there, and it isn't really, you know, they're not bad people because it's kind of being done on this machine.
1: And you can see the fake news or the horrible news that spread out through the internet, or through the world, whatever, everything. This is all the human being weak point. Everybody try to find the lucky part of themselves to spilling all the transformer, you know, sharing the horrible news. Then says, oh, I'm the lucky one. Sometimes, sometimes the truth needs to let like people know that with horrible things happening to the hum, human world. But sometimes, just like a bully, people just let people, all oh, the, how I can say, the wrong energy, the bad energy.
0: And it fuels itself, exactly. it becomes contagious.
1: Exactly. Then I say, I, I, I don't mean, you know, okay, sometimes we just cover it up. No, but it, you, how you looking at the things, you know that you be worried that you don't need like a sharing the wonderful news about bad. I think, no, 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 that's completely wrong ideas. Yeah
0: but well, we lose control. Yeah. I think once somebody sends these bad stories in motion yeah. or this fake news in motion, yeah. it takes on a life of its own. Yeah. It gets spread and respread and modified. Exactly, exactly. Um but on on the good side, I mean I I've looked at this Chinese app Meitu, which is quite interesting where you basically a few swipes, you can take away a few wrinkles, you can take away a few pounds and then yeah. then you go send that on to, you know, your dating site yeah. or to your social media page. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this idea that we feel an increasing need to put out a positive to what this term curate ourselves Mm -hmm. so we're saying oh look at my life Um, I've been on a beach this last week and I almost have celebrity status like you know X person and um, look at my skin is perfect and what do you think about the idea that we have to curate and only put out some artificial either an artificial self or um, just the part of ourselves that we want people to see.
1: I think that's why I take it as soft entertainment. Okay. To make yourself happier. Whatever you find a way to make yourself happier, even though we have so many you know, na- negative side of whatever something happening, they won't bring up, cheer up the positive side of life. I think that's a good thing, where people make yourself happier and share something with friend That's okay, that's why I, I take it very, very easy, I think in a, in a good way. Take it from the light. Exactly, in the light way. Why not? You're fine, enjoying it, yeah. But uh, that's part of life, but not all of life about it. So that's a take it easy part. Everybody has choosing the way to express. But at the end, come back to the world. We talk of so much time coming out of the world. I think whatever happening to life, just uh, give a sight and give a thought and
0: think about it. And make, make
1: action. And make a right action.
0: Yeah. So what are you thinking about for yourself? What's the next big fantasy?
1: I don't know. I don't know, I have a, you ask me the question, I'm I, I not trying to think in Korea of something, ideas. I said, well, maybe next production. And uh, I didn't, I, I really, I have no clue. I just follow my
0: heart. Mm-hmm. I just follow my heart. I think we're all going to be looking forward to hearing when, you know, your heart tells you the next production, the next idea, the next thought. It doesn't have to be people transformative.
1: Thinking, people expect me to become a politician. So I said, really? I was joking about it. <laughs> I said, I never thought about that. I become a politician. I said, I never come to my mind. But I said, oh, you already have a huge power on people influence. I said, that's not my attention. I said, I'm just like, I'm a performer. Whatever stage there, I'm ready to get on the stage. Whatever the curtains open, I'm ready to performance. I deliver the best performance I can. That's why I think that's me. It's not the intentions of my, my, my master into certain field to get the power. I said, no, I'm not enjoying that. But I enjoy deliver to best performance I can do.
0: You enjoy that moment of live. Exactly. Experience. Communications.
1: For me is communication most important. Connection. Exactly. Connection with people, communicating with people and the sharing with people. That's for me is most important. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd like to end sort of where we began, which yeah. is with this word courage. Yeah. I mean your childhood was rife with courage, your teen years, um, your twenties, and then all the way through today. Where do you get this courage, and do you have advice for others about how to find courage for themselves, mm. find this self-confidence that you have, and in, in all the best way, it's sort of self-confidence without arrogance?
1: I think the passion for life, all my courage comes from passion for life. I don't know, this life I born as a Chinese, my mother gave me first life as a boy, second time I gave my birth again as a woman, but still I'm a human being in this planet, then I have to sh- you know, cheering and sharing treasure this moment. And be positive, love it. Good or bad or dark or whatever, everything's good. And sharing that, this most beautiful things. Then I said, give me whatever experience bring to your per- next life, whatever.
0: I said, why not? Yeah. There's so many spiritual writers today who are writing about stay in the present. Yeah. Eckhart Tolle and there are a whole host of <laughs> others, particularly in the West. Yeah. And that's basically what you just described. Yeah. Which is, we don't have to have expectations that things are good or bad. Yeah. We just experience.
1: That's why I often say to people, that I don't regret what is already over yesterday. Don't worry about the, the day after tomorrow not coming yet. Enjoy the present and make a full of color, full of, you know, happy in this moment. Even the tears dropping today, take the tears in the good side. And next day is another new day. I think that's a part, that's a, all my courage because I have a full of passion for life. And even today, I'm still have a full of curiosity, things I don't know I want to discover. Even if I pay some price, I discover new things. That's a good part, yeah.
0: Thank you so much. Again, it's truly an honor and such a pleasure, and in particular, to be here in Shanghai with you. I'm most grateful. You're
1: welcome. It's a pleasure from my side as well. So that's a nice conversation with you, yes.
0: Mm-hmm.